Good morning. Thank you so much, Tim. I uh, just want to give you uh, an announcement, let you know of something that's coming up uh, in our community. We talked about uh, just a couple weeks ago um, that our hospitals are kind of having a little bit of a difficult time, uh, specifically the one uh, here, Covenant Hospital. They've been pretty much overrun. I had a, a conversation uh, with Shannon Bush. He's the uh, public relations uh, director at uh, Covenant Hospital. And and he said they're just having a really tough time and asked if if we would consider having a prayer service for them on behalf of their caregivers uh, because it's just it's it's really tough right now. Uh, and so we're actually going to do that. I don't know if you can read that, but it's going to be this Tuesday, September 14th at 6 p.m. It's going to be outside and masks are going to be required. Uh, but they're encouraging anybody in the community who would like to to come. Uh, the caregivers who are there, nurses, uh, receptionists, administration, anybody there is welcome to come out and join us. And we're just going to lift them up in prayer. And then, uh, and that'll take about 30 minutes. So we just would love for you to come out for that. After that's over, they're going to go back inside. And anybody who wants to, you don't have to, but if you want to, you can join us. We're going to walk a circle around there. You can get a little cardio and we'll be praying for the folks inside, both the caregivers and the patients as well. So we want to encourage you to be a part of that. Uh, several years ago, not long after I, I got here, I, I met Michael Cheney. Um, not the broadest uh, moment, but I did get to meet him. Pretty good guy. And one of the things that he did that I still give him credit for is uh, he did something special for Julia. I don't know when it started off, but he called it one a days. And so starting December 1st and every day after that, leading up to Christmas Day, he would get a little gift for Julia. And he uh, invited me to do that. And he encouraged me to do that. And then he threatened me. He said, "You, but not, not for Julia, but for Jennifer. He said, you really need to do this. I, I don't know. In fact, up to that point, for the last probably 10 years, Jennifer and I hadn't exchanged gifts at all. And so I decided, you know what, I think I might try this. And so I started off and, and honestly, uh, over the last eight years, there have been some rough spots along the road in those one-a-days. Not every gift was a home run. In fact, this first gift was not the best gift. You probably don't even recognize what this is. Guys, this is the most amazing thing ever. This is a t-shirt folder. <laughs> You put your t-shirt on it, and you flip, 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 and boom, you have this perfectly folded. I thought it was an amazing gift. Um, she never, never used that gift. Now, I used that some. In fact, Wyatt loved it so much that when he went off to school, he took it with him because he liked the t-shirt folder. But that wasn't the best gift. But maybe this next one was a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, so, okay, a couple of things. One, it's not an ironing board. It's an ironing board cover because our, our other one had gotten old and it was dilapidated and had some stains on it. And she had mentioned, in my defense, she had mentioned, man, my, my ironing board cover is really bad. And because I have 25 to give her that I just know that some of them aren't going to be home runs. This wasn't even a bunt. This is terrible. But she got it. She didn't complain about it. I put it on the ironing board. It's nice and, and neat. And uh, I'm reminded of it all the time when I walk into the closet and see that. And my thought always is, what was I thinking? 
Now, this next one really was a good gift. This was one thing that she had said that she'd wanted at one time. It is a weighted blanket. But the problem is, I'm a guy, and I'm a guy from Texas, and for some reason, I have this mentality that bigger is always better. And so why get a 10-pound weighted blanket when you can get a 25-pound weighted blanket? And so I thought, you know, it's bigger and it covers more area. And so to be right, like I, I, I got under, she's like, ah, I think this is a little heavy. Like I got underneath that. I thought like a, a bear had just laid across me. It, I like, I couldn't even breathe or move. And so the, the thought was good, but, but maybe the execution was really bad. Now, before we go to this next one, I just want you to know when my wife and I, we go on uh, trips. <laughs> Um, one of the things that she always likes when we go and get gas is she will go and get gas and while she's filling up or I have it filling up, I will go and I will clean her windshield. She loves a clean windshield guy. And so I got her a squeegee because I honestly thought this would be great. Um, and it was awful. I mean, I know she didn't say anything because she looked at that and she's like, yay, I, these are great. I love using these at the gas station <laughs> um and so yeah that was really but the worst one don't don't change it yet this is the one that i get reminded of like literally at least once a week it comes up in our our house we talked about the gift that dad gave that one year i don't know what i was thinking i'm not really sure but i got her an egg-tastic you you put eggs in there it sounds great. You put it in the microwave, and then you get these fluffy, beautiful eggs. Um, and none of that is true. It's awful. I'm sorry. Like if you're th if you're looking at it, it, goes, oh, that's exactly what I need. No, it's not. And I know none of you, none of you are saying that's exactly what my wife would want for Christmas. So I've given some really, some really bad gifts. I'm I'm not gonna lie. Not. Not all of them have home runs. Most of them hopefully have helped out a little bit to show my love to her. But honestly, sometimes we just, we just miss. But I want you to know this morning that even though we're still a long ways away from December and, and it, it might not be your anniversary today, but I want you to know that today people are bringing their gifts. That, that Paula has shown up this morning and she's brought her gift. And Harold, right here, he, he has a gift that, that he's brought and, and Delane has her gift that she's brought here this morning. There are people across the street who have their gifts ready to give. And there are people just over the Texas border. And there are people all the way around the world that they have their gift ready. They are bringing their gifts before the Lord. Even Miss Tegan. This is a special day for Tegan. This is the day that she should be getting gifts. She turns 16 years old today. Isn't that wonderful? And I suspect at some point during the day that somebody's going to give her some gifts. But right now, this is not about Tegan and the gifts that she's getting. This is about the gift that she is giving. These gifts involve singing and bowing and wailing. On busy streets, on lonely mountaintops, and in half-empty church buildings. 
gifts are presented with unspeakable joy and with excruciating pain. They are given in hospital rooms, on beaches, and in megachurches of 10,000 people. Today, right now, across the world, even in our very own building, people have shown up to bring gifts to God. Gifts presented to the Creator, to the Redeemer, to the Sustainer, and to the Giver of all good things. Now is an opportunity for us to come together and to bring our gifts. But I want us to talk about who really is bringing the gift. Tim is bringing his gift to God, but it's not your gift. He has brought his gift to God. When I stand here this morning, I am bringing my gift to God. You can listen, but this is not primarily for you. Your name is not on the tag. It's addressed to God. Because I have a responsibility and a delight to bring a gift to God this morning. All of us have an opportunity to bring our gifts before the Lord. I just want to let you know that this is not going to be a warm and fuzzy sermon if you think that's where we're going. This is my gift to God and this morning this is going to fall on ears that may not appreciate this gift. Because this is a gift of a challenge, of a warning, of a reminder that you, not we corporately, but you individually have an opportunity to bring a gift and present it to the Lord. Unfortunately, though, we get caught up in seeing all the gifts and we forget who it's really all about. Imagine that you just had a birthday party and it's at your place and it's thrown in honor of you. There have been friends, there have been family, there's been food, there's been laughter, there's even been a song sung in honor of you. And as you stand at the door thanking people who have shown up, you get these responses. I kind of thought the party was a little boring. Maybe as they're walking out the door, they say something like, I didn't like it at all, or I didn't really get anything out of it. Maybe they didn't say it, but maybe as they were walking out, they thought, it really lasted too long. Or maybe they took the time to say, you know what, it was pretty nice, but the happy birthday song was a little off key. I wish you would have sung it a little bit better. Or maybe they said, you know what, I don't, I don't know. I don't think Lynn's gift was very good. I didn't like what he gave you. I think he should have given you something else completely different. But I want you to know that your worship, your worship individually, is not about which songs Tim leads. Your worship is not about the length of my sermon. 
your worship is not about how many amens Lynn got during his prayer. Your worship is not about how timely Guy advanced the song slides. Your worship is not how clever or inspiring or how deep Jeff's communion thoughts will be. This is God's party. This is God's house. And we and you just showed up to celebrate Him. This is about you individually and your gift to God. You don't get credit for what everybody else is doing. It doesn't matter who you're sitting next to. You don't get credit for how well Kara sings. Which, honestly, you also aren't held accountable for how I sing. But thankfully, God's not listening to how I sound. He just wants me to bring my very best. And so I want to ask you, what does your gift look like? Not what other people think about it. But we have just thrown a party, a celebration, a ceremony, a time to honor God. We have invited Him to our presence, and here we are. He's coming in, and we now each individually have a gift that we're bringing before Him. Are you handing Him an egg-tastic egg cooker? Did you even think this morning, I have a gift for God? It is more than just your presence. Is your gift wrapped in reluctancy, in apathy, or in obligation? Did you think this morning, I can't wait to get to show my gift to God? Listen, I'm not saying this because I want to be mean or hurtful or judgmental. I'm not judging your worship. And I'm certainly not encouraging you to judge mine or anyone else's. But I am definitely asking you to examine yours. And Paul is going to do the same thing. The church in Corinth was having lots of problems. I mean lots of problems. And we get a little confused because the one chapter that we think about most often when we think about Paul's first letter to the church there is we think of chapter 13. You know, love is patient. Love is kind. And we, oh, it's beautiful. It's what we, we read about in weddings. It's what we put in calligraphy and hang on our walls. But really, if you start looking at the rest of Corinthians, we see that it's not warm and fuzzy and poetic. This is really a rebuke. By the time we get to chapter 13, Paul is fed up. And he's not saying, oh, love is kind. Love never fails. He says, listen. Love is kind. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. It doesn't delight in evil. It rejoices in the truth. He's saying, get it, you knuckleheads. 
And you think, are you sure about this? Is this really what he said? Because when I heard it at the wedding, it didn't sound like that at all. But listen, here's what's going on in chapter 11. Lots of dysfunction. But then he's going to turn to them and he is just going to rip into them. Because they have taking, taken something so sacred as the Lord's Supper and they had turned this into this crazy, wild party. Some people are showing up, they're hungry, and they don't have food. Other people, they show up, and they're bringing in like this all-you-can-eat buffet, and they are gorging themselves, and they're not sharing with anybody. And then there's another group of people who may or may not have food, but one thing they do have is they have wine and a lot of it. And at, at church, at the Lord's Supper, they are getting drunk and just having a blast. This is at church. And Paul is furious. Now, I want to read this. You've heard at least a portion of this just probably, probably 25 Sundays a year nearly. Because there's one portion of it that, that we pull out and we read. And we think, oh, this is beautiful. It's talking about the Lord's Supper. But I want you to think about what happens, what's said before and after this. Now, we've heard this so many times that I chose a different version. It's actually a paraphrase. It's known as the message by Eugene Peterson. He reads uh, the Bible and then he kind of puts it in his own words. But I just want you to hear the way he paraphrases this. He says, regarding the next item, I'm not at all pleased. I'm getting the picture that you meet, that when you meet together, it brings out your worst side instead of your best. First, I get this report on your divisiveness, competing, and criticizing each other. I'm reluctant to believe it, but there it is. The best thing that can be said for it is that is the testing will bring truth into open and confirm it. And then I will find that it now that if I find it brings division to your worship, you come together and instead of eating the Lord's Supper, you bring a lot of food from the outside and make pigs of yourselves. Some are left out and go hungry. Others have to be carried out too drunk to walk. I can't believe it. Don't you have your own homes to eat and drink in? Why would you stoop to desecrating God's church? Why would you actually shame God's poor? I never believe that you would have stooped I'm not going to stand by and say nothing let me go over with you again exactly what goes on in the Lord's Supper and why it is so centrally important I received my instructions from the master himself and I've passed them on to you the master Jesus on the night of his betrayal took bread Having given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body broken for you. Do this to remember me. After supper, he did the same thing with the cup. This cup is my blood, the new covenant for you. Each time you drink of this cup, remember me. What you must solemnly realize is that every time that you eat this bread and every time you drink this cup, you reenact in your words and actions the death of the Master. You'll be drawn back to this meal again and again until the Master returns. 
you must never let familiarity breed contempt. Anyone who eats the bread and drinks the cup of the master irreverently is like a part of the crowd that jeered and spit at him at his death. Is that the kind of remembrance you want to be a part of? Examine your motives. Test your hearts. Come to this meal in holy awe. If you will give no thought or worse, care about the broken body of the master when you eat and drink you're running the risk of serious consequences Paul isn't messing around he says this is the time where we come to remember God this is about our gifts that we bring before God this is not about what you think you should get or what you deserve or what your, how your gift is better than anybody else's. In the NIV, it says, You're guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord, and you eat and drink judgment upon yourself. You know, we do something that is somewhat unique in the, the church world. When we gather together, we weekly take of communion weekly two E's. We don't want to swap out to the other weekly. And it can be tough. It's not always easy. I'm not going to pretend that everything in your life is going great. For some of you, you're here to celebrate what God is doing. For some of you, you're upset at what He's not. I know a lot of you are tired. Whether you work in the medical field or you work in the school system or any number of places that are just wildly affected by what's going on in our society, you're sick of it. You're ready for God to do something. Maybe you're here and you're just broken. But I do want you to know, because I love you, and because I believe what the Gospels are telling us and what Paul is reminding the early church, we are here. You, personally, individually, are here to bring your gift before God. And so there's just two things I want you to think about as we close out. First off, don't judge don't compare and don't steal the gifts that belong to God. If this service is great, it's not for your benefit. It's for the glory of God. Don't look at what other people are doing or how they're giving. God has the ability to at one moment look into the hearts of everyone in here. And He's concerned with yours. And He wants you to give your best. If you're a part of the worship in some way, maybe you can just belt out the singing. Maybe you can lead a prayer that just gets people fired up. It's still not your gift. 
It's not presented to you. You don't need to walk away from this place saying, man, I really knocked that one out of the park. You're giving it because God is worthy of it. And secondly, examine the gift that you're bringing right now. Is it thoughtful? Have you prepared to bring that gift? What is it worth? Not to everyone else. What's it worth to you? What did it cost for you to bring that gift? Would you give more to someone or something else? Would you find more joy if it ended up in the hands of someone else? Are you proud of your gift? If you can imagine for just a moment that everything else disappeared and it's just you and God in this room, are you anxious about the worship that you're giving Him right at this moment? Of the worship you've given Him this last week and the worship you plan to give Him and you're preparing to give Him tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday, and beyond. And how are you presenting that gift? Is it with joy? Is it out of obligation? Is it given in humility? We've invited God here. And I believe that God is here right now. And I hope that's humbling and overwhelming and exciting. I want you to know that I really believe that one who made the world can hear us and see us and is right here right now. And I just don't want you to think that by coming in here and sitting in a pew, like that's a really good gift. When my children's birthdays come around, when my wife has an anniversary and it's time for the gifts, I don't walk into the room and say, my presence is good enough. Because then my presence would be outside for the next three nights. <laughs> I just don't want us to think that, that worship is something for us, that, that you came here and, and somebody's got to give you something really nice and that, that we're wrapping up a gift because we want this to be a really nice sermon and a really uplifting time. I just don't want to lie to you. It's not for you. This is not for you. And I'm proving it by the fact that I'm telling you stuff that you don't want to hear. And this is not going to make you like me. But I just want you to know because I believe that God is worth it. I want what you bring every day, Sunday morning and Tuesday and Friday, every day. I want you to think about how you can bring your gift of worship before God. And I'm not going to judge you. When we get done with this, we're going to stand and sing. And I don't know what your worship is going to look like. And I don't care. Man, if you want to stand on the pew and sing as loud as you can, and it's you and God, that's you and God. But I want whatever it is that you bring, let it be 
all for the Lord and let it be all that you have. And so right now, it's gift-giving time. And Jesus is here. And let's present our gifts before him as we stand and sing.